glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Put Me In Coach podcast. We are doing our tri-weekly episode now, riding the three-game winning streak of the Washington football team. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster, and look who it is, Greg Porter actually joining us. That is the foursome. And we have a very special guest joining us today, Adam Gracia, friend of the program and of uh, Ian and Porter, and I guess Tom, too, from home. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate the time. And uh, Tom was the one that kind of initiated bringing you on. Um, and uh, we're happy to have you. You've been in the DC sports media market for a while now. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I guess ever since I got out of college, 2009. So makes me feel old. Makes all of us old now. It's been <laughs> how many me. years? 12 years now? I got her old. Yeah. Got yeah, so well, I uh, should have got out of college in 2008. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Well, Wooten High School is is um, presented warmly tonight. Uh, I represented warmly tonight. We have three Wooten graduates and four people that grew up actually in the same neighborhood of Stonebridge, which is. Do you guys? Is it North Potomac? Is it Gaithersburg? I. I I hate calling it North Potomac, but it is North Potomac. Just because they put a sign that says "Welcome to North Potomac" doesn't make that North Potomac. But it, but it is though. They created it. They created it out of thin air. If I and they put made it, if I put Gaithersburg, it'll still work. You're right. If you put Rockville, or if you put Gaithersburg, or if you put North Potomac, it'll still go to the same place. It's that weird triangle with Potomac. It just Potomac won't work. But Adam, you Rockville still live there. What's it say when you when you get mail? They both come. It's it either. I mean, I call it North Potomac um, to, I guess, some people's dismay. Um, oh, but we moved, out, we moved out years ago. No. <laughs> but no, I mean, you you put it in, and it it's either says North Potomac or Gaithersburg. And then if you're on the phone with somebody, they say, "Oh, it's coming up as Gaithersburg. Is that the same place?" And you just no. say, "Yes, yes, it is." It's kind of like the Rockfield North Bethesda situation now. Exactly. I was gonna say the same yeah. thing. Because, Tom, I feel like your address sometimes comes up as North Bethesda or Rockville. Rockville, yeah. Yep. Yep. Or Kensington sometimes. Kensington is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm technically Kensington. Tom prefers Kensington. I really do. No preference. Yeah. Right by Stonebridge, they put put that that big old sign. Good sign. Welcome to North Potomac, right? Right by the pool, right? Yeah. It's got its own homeowners. Yeah, I mean, it jacks up the price. It's nice. I, North Bethesda. Oh, I miss the pool. I miss that pool so bad. <laughs> if that pool could talk, it's a fun pool. Is this where I say, is this where I say that uh, the house that we bought actually has a pool in our backyard? Oh, there you go. Smart. Yeah. Hell yes. There's no heater though, so I think I used it about three times this year. Nice. Still awesome. Yeah, now I'm trying to think about which house. As a realtor, that uh, increases your property value by over thirty thousand dollars. So a pool, for you. <laughs> yes. What if I just like to decrease it? 
because it insurance. used to, but not since the pandemic. That makes ah. sense. Mm-hmm. Why not? Nice. All right. So, <clears throat> to the sports. Um, hail to the football team is what I wrote here. We are on a three-game winning streak with a record of five and six, which includes, in this economy, a victory on Monday Night Football. What? It just turns out that can't be right. That our very own Ian Foster is on a bit of a winning streak there, here, guys. That can't be right either. The guy yeah, that lost right thirty-five either. in a row. Yeah, yeah. thirty-five games in a row losing streak, ten year long. But guess what? <laughs> this year, we're, we're going goddamn super low. <laughs> you sound like Porter. Yeah, I've been saying it for years. <laughs> Ian, same same seats, dude. Whatever you're doing, you got to go back. <clears throat> I will tell you right now. Three weeks, I have not changed my outfit. Once, <laughs> of course not. Underwear included. Have you? Did you go to any game? I, I feel like you did, but did you go to any games between the? You like that game and this year? Uh, so that year, yes, I went to. I lost. I lost the next one. Uh, okay. And then I, I think I won the Rams game. Afterwards, so then I was thirty-six or two and thirty-six. Yeah. But then after that, after then McGloon got fired, and I said I banned it. And then you went to so you're technically on a three game winning streak now. Then, if the no, last game, I went, the, I went to Buffalo. Oh, oh, well, oh, okay. Then you're three, you're three game winning streak at home. Then <laughs> you are. And you've been to some bad games in your life. Winning off the field, including the Monday Night Massacre, including oh. the uh, the RG three 2012 playoff game. Did it. You've seen some nightmares in Which your one? time. Um, what was it like going to a Monday night football game and leaving FedEx Field victorious? I'll say this. Everybody within 10 rows knew how excited I was. <laughs> <laughs> Completely sober, too, by the way. Oh, sober as a bird. <laughs> and, and there was... So, you know, I always give shit to people who wear random jerseys. I can't help myself. I, I will, that will happen 10 times out of one. Frankly, they deserve it. They deserve it. And immediately there's two fucking Buffalo Bills fans decked out. And I was like, I was like, yo, how many fucking, how, how many yards do you think Josh Allen's going to get tonight? <laughs> and, like, I start giving them shit and we start talking and then they're like, yo, we're rooting for you. I ended up being best friends with them. Of course you did. I was like, they're, they're your people. I love them. Because it was all Buffalo. I love Buffalo. They were amazing. And then there was TJ Watt fucking jerseys all over the place. They could go fuck themselves. But this is the first time in a long time where I could say that it actually felt like a Redskins home game. It's because we're playing a team that's all over, all the way on the West Coast, perhaps? Like, just... If they weren't three and seven... Or three and six, whatever it was at that point, they, it, it would have been all Seattle. Okay. Was right. what 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 was the capacity like? Because on TV it didn't look very full at all. Because it wasn't. Okay, that's what I thought. They also on the broadcast showed like you know like the camera like scanned like the lower level bowl and like front and center is like this like dweeb decked out in Eagles gear. And I immediately just go, fuck that kid. And Megan's like, he's like 12. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. What, are, why is, what is he doing there? 
<laughs> what is he doing there? Why is why wear all Eagles gear? Just don't go to the game. Eagles fans. Just don't go to the game. Why do you need to go? Why? I'll never that I would I will die on that hill. I will never understand that. I will never the, wear my Were you sitting near where the um sewage pipe leaked? No, thankfully I was not. So you, so I was, you didn't I get, get pee or shit on you? No, not not today. Why does that I, keep on happening? Because it's a shitty stadium. <laughs> they said it was a uh, a sprinkler malfunction in a suite. Okay. Which is well, where you want a sprinkler say, malfunction. Uh, what it really was. The only place where there's carpet in the whole place. I mean, I can't think of a more a better microcosm than literal shit dumping on Redskins fans, just like Snyder does to us metaphorically all the time. One time. Okay. Fool me once. That's horrible. Two times, then sell the goddamn team. So, I'm thinking about this winning streak. I don't think did anyone see this coming. Oh, are we talking about? I was at the Bucks game. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, you were at the Bucks game. It's because of, it's of yeah. me. You're, you're like two and zero against the Bucks. Oh yeah. All right. So, three game winning streak against Super Bowl champion Bucks. Then we Ron Rivera won in his redemption game against the Panthers. And now we just completely dominated um, a pretty lowly Seattle Seahawks team right now. And um, frankly, the scores know we're near indicative how much of an ass kicking this really was. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers and I, I noticed there's a pattern here and our three wins Three straight wins so far. Um, time of possession, 41 minutes to 18. Plays, 79 plays to 45. Go to the Carolina game, 35 minutes to 24. 65 plays to 49. Tampa, 39 minutes to 20 minutes. 71 plays to 47. It is very clear to me, control the ball. Do not turn it over and just wear their defense out as much as you can. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. This seems to be the recipe. It has to be the recipe. It has to be the recipe because they are not built to be any better than what they are. They are what they are, right? Like they Heineke at quarterback. We'll talk about him in a bit, but the defense, you know, missing sweat and chase young, and not play. They're playing better, sure, but they're not playing up to the level that we expected them to for the most part of the season. They ha- this is their recipe. This is how they're going to win. They're going to have to dominate the play clock. They're going to have to dominate the line of scrimmage, put together long drives, run the ball, keep the ball out of Heineke's hands, and when he does have it in his hands, he can't turn it over. Uh, we have to play almost perfect football in that recipe to win a game, and we've done it three weeks in a row, which is great. Um, is this sustainable for the rest of the season? It'd be tough, especially when teams figure out, but you know, that's what we're going to do. And Scott Turner runs the same fucking three running plays on third and one over and 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 over again. I was infuriating. But right now it's working and it's great. And But that's that's who they are now. And it's actually kind of a shame that it took them this long to figure that out because I feel like we could have won a couple more games earlier in the season if had we been playing like with this kind of mentality and this game plan. Anyone? No, I, I, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, you, you talked about the defense a little bit. The biggest thing with me, I mean, listen, you said Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they're out. You're not replacing that talent because Chase Young, yeah, he's having a bad year, but he's going to be a generational player. Right. I mean, we, we've seen that. But him going out, the people that are, repl- that are replacing him, I compared it today or yesterday to what Billy Bean did in Oakland with Moneyball, where you're not yeah, trying to replace Chase Young. You're trying to find two or three guys that will come in, not make mistakes, and just do their job. And in the end, it will, just by them doing their job, it will make the defense either look as if it's how it should look with Chase Young there, or maybe even a little bit better because you don't have a Chase Young trying to do more, which when he really picks up the NFL style, when he tries to do more, he will do more and he will be great. But right now he's not at that point. So you've got these guys that are coming in here and not trying to do anything special. They're just doing what they're supposed to do, not making mistakes and the defense is playing really well. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and the fact that they did this, because I was really confused why Ryan Kerrigan was released. And not just because I'm biased, because I'm a Kerrigan fan. And, you know, you love to, he should be the franchise's all-time sack leader. But, I mean, you're getting this value with James Smith-Williams, Shaka Tony, and Casey Tuhill. All three are seventh-round picks. And you're getting that value from them. And then not to mention you're the best seventh round pick ever in our franchise history, probably in Cam Curl. But I mean, you're getting value with late round picks, you know, darts on the board, just hoping one or two of them stick. And really, and you make a great point. They were doing their job. They weren't, they weren't making mistakes. Were they making plays? Shaka Tony made a couple, but I mean, you're allowing Jonathan Allen to make those plays to Ron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, your three, your three thoroughbreds on the defensive line now. And, um, you know, Jonathan Allen's probably having an all-pro season this year. And um, if he's not, he certainly deserves it. Um, And, you know, another thing that I've noticed, a big, big difference, and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this too, is is what they've done with Landon Collins. And finally, he is not – he's playing at the line of scrimmage. He's basically a linebacker. I know the back of his football card will say safety, theoretically, but – He's primarily been a linebacker, and he is thriving at it. He doesn't like playing it. He went, even said that to the media following uh, Monday night's game, but he's really, really freaking good at it. And um, it, it's made a world of a difference, and then they moved Kendall Fuller back to the outside where he is back to the Kendall Fuller he was last year too. And the, that's, what, that's what I wanted to say too. Is like that was literally, it was after the bye week mm-hmm. where shit changed on the defense. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rubio figured it out. He made adjustments. And that was after both of our star DNs, our bookends, were gone. He made adjustments. We put Landon where he belongs in the box. I don't care what he says, what he wants to be. You're better in there. Cam Curl is a way better safety. And it's made a full, full difference in this defense. We went from the worst the last three weeks, we've been in, what, top five, top eight most mm-hmm. most weeks? Mm-hmm. Yards allowed. Third downs are still atrocious, but that is, that's just our cross. Getting better. It's bad. It's getting a lot better. But as bad. 
It's not historically bad, which is really. I guess there was only one way to go though. So. Please. There's only one way to go that up because they were so bad. Correct. Yeah, Adam, what are your thoughts? Because I mean, he Landon Collins hasn't com- he he has said like I'll do whatever it takes for the team. I'm a team first guy, but his reluctance to do this just. I don't really it's understand. Fu- it's it. funny because he said that, but at the same time complaining about what he was going to be doing. Yeah. It's, I mean, he, he is every guy that's in a relationship. That's like, I mean, I'll go with you to the mall. If you really want to go to the mall, if you want to go shopping, but I don't want to, I'll go with you if that's what you want, but I don't want to do that, but he's done it. He complained at the beginning. He's done it. And like you said, he went from being a liability, the worst defensive player that like consistent player on the team to see, is he now one of the best players right now? I mean, he, yep. he's been, he's taken over this defense right now with his role. He's adjusted. He got, he got his complaining out of the way and now he's playing at a level that he should. And you talked about the adjustments a good coach will make adjustments. They're not going to be so stubborn. Like I'm going to talk about the wizards for a second. Like Scott Brooks was Scott Brooks was with the wizards where it didn't matter what the team did. It didn't matter if the starters didn't score for the first six minutes, he wasn't making any subs, but Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, they made adjustments Keeping with the Wizards, Wes Unsell Jr. He makes adjustments in the game. That's so what, what a concept. Good, I, I mean, it's crazy to think that if you want to win, you can't just stick to the game plan that you have. And I feel like maybe I should write that down. Say, let's just do the same thing the entire game. Belichick doesn't do that. Uh, it's it's crazy. Saban doesn't do that. <laughs> hmm. It, it's it, it's what a what an incredible concept, and you know. But this is also the modern NFL that you don't have these six four, two hundred fifty, sixty pound inside linebackers. I mean, these guys are that hybrid safety role that can go sideline to sideline. And you know, where he where Landon Collins is incredibly vulnerable is in deep space. And that's that's a something that Cam Curl can do well and, and Bobby McCain has also been playing pretty well too. Um so I, I mean like if anything, like we went from just thinking about like he was so bad this year, and then I know he coming back off the injury, but he was so bad that this contract was being mentioned with the Albert Hainsworths and, and the Deion Sanders and and all the the laundry list of players that didn't pan out here with massive contracts. And I mean, I, I would have cut him like earlier on in the season. It was so bad, and I mean the fact that they made such a one eighty. I mean, he is, um, if anything, he should, <laughs> uh, Jack Del Rio, I am in your debt right now. <laughs> you might've just saved my career. You're not getting signed anywhere else for a goddamn safety position. after Nope. This. Nope. Yeah. I, I think and there's a lot. He wants to play. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said sure. of him complaining about it, but still doing the job and doing it well. We've all been in a situation where like you're told to do something you don't want to do and you half ass it because like, I don't want to do it. And if you half ass it, then they, they won't make you do it anymore, or they'll change you back to your old position. The fact I don't know, it's he could very easily just be like going through the motion out there and not doing it to his full potential 
but he's not. He's playing really well and sucking it up. And 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 you know, I I don't understand. I'm with you, Tom. I don't get why he just won't fully embrace it and be like, okay, this is who I am now. I I don't know what. He, not to does, mention you're really good at it. Does he not watch the film when he does play safety? I think he dropped back he dropped back a couple of times on one of Russell Wilson's like deep throws on Monday night. And he was back there. And it just was like if you're back there, you get beat. If you're near the line of scrimmage. And also he was like in like two of the sacks they had, like and like a mm-hmm. couple tackles for laws. It's like he loves making those plays. Why just, I don't understand it, but I got, got to give him credit because he, he does complain, but he's still doing it and doing it well. And he bitched hey. after Sunday too. Yeah. But, which is crazy, but, but he still but did the job well. So. Land's very true. I, there's another group that I do want to acknowledge because I don't think they get enough credit. And I know he's probably not listening, but Stephen O'Reilly, I will argue with this with you until the day I die. This offensive line is not a problem. In fact, I think it's a strength. And if you look at our time of possession over the past three weeks, the amount of plays we run, that is clear that this offensive line is doing a hell of a job. I mean, Charles Leno should be resigned, I think, hopefully by the end of the season. I know he's a little bit older, but I mean he could he's been really, really solid for us. Eric Flowers might be a pro bowler. I think he's a pro bowler. Um, Brandon Sheriff, we know how good he can be. He's the first all pro we've had in almost 20 years. And then, um, Sam Cosme was our best rookie, got hurt and Cornelius Lucas has stepped in and they haven't skipped a beat. And this offensive line has done such an amazing job that our fourth string center was in the game, played the majority of it and they were okay. Like that is, um, this is, I would say, it's very much the strength of this team, and they they really did a great job. I mean, okay, Charles Leno free agent signing, Eric Flowers trade, um, and then Sheriff drafted, Cosme drafted, and and Cornelius Lucas, we you know found off the couch basically. I mean, this is a hell of a job by the uh, scouting department and the uh, offensive line coach to to patch these guys together. John Matsko. Does your offensive line coach, and he got a shout out on on, on the broadcast, which was cool because he deserves. It. I mean, as he should. Yeah, I, I, beginning of the year, I remember we watched Week One together, right, uh, Tom and Ian, and I was complaining about the offensive line because they were getting eaten alive by Bosa and the Chargers, and I was like, "This is going to be a problem." They fixed it. It's not anymore, and I think some of it has to do with, like we talked about earlier, their new philosophy or new game plan of running the ball more like every offensive lineman wants to run the ball. You know, it, we heard the stories of Heineke saying that he sees their eyes light up when he calls a running play in the huddle. Every offensive lineman wants to get off the line of scrimmage and beat the hell out of the guy in front of him and just push him downfield. So that helps them because, you know, when you run the ball, that helps set up the offense, the pass. Um, you're not getting as much pressure. Um, it also helps that I think Heineke's getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker. Um, he's reading the defenses better, but yes, yeah, this offensive line, I thought started the season as a weakness and has become a strength and, and not at least at the very least, not a lot, not a liability um, at this point in the season, which is a great thing. It's important to also point out that they're not just doing it against terrible defenses. Correct. I mean, Carolina is not a good team, but they, they got had a good like defense. The second best defense in the league when they went up against Washington. Yep. Tampa I mean, too. Tampa. Exactly. I mean, it's the former Super Bowl champs. Adama can so Vita Vea. Yep. It's a good, good defense. And that's what's important to point out. Not just the fact that they're 
the offensive line is playing really well because you can play well against crappy teams, yeah. but they're yeah. doing it against good defenses. And that's, that's a really important to point out. Yeah. I mean, they got, you know, at least a pro bowler on that line, if not two. And that is really, really impressive. And no, we don't need to draft every first round pick with an alignment, Stephen, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and we just keep on mixing and matching too. That's to me, that's working. Impressive thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. That just keep on. If somebody goes down, plug and play. Next guy up. Plug yeah. Fourth center is such an important position. They dictate so much to be on your fourth center and still dominate. And Antonio Gibson gets a, his career high in mm-hmm. rushing. That's or no, it was, was a career high in rushing or attempts. Or attempts. attempts. I'm not sure. It was not the high in rushing yeah, that you, Thanksgiving last year. 29 attempts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's, and then putting Taylor Heineke in a chance to thrive. And, and that's where I want to spend the majority of this conversation on because I, let's just think about it to the playoff game that he had against Tampa and the, the legend of Taylor Heineke came out. And I think all of our reaction was very similar, guys. And correct me if I'm wrong, we're like, okay. He, he belongs in the NFL. We know that. And are we playing with house money? I mean, there's a reason that he's a 27-year-old rookie that was a backup in the XFL. I mean, clearly there was something amiss from all 31 other, 31 other teams in the NFL. Um, so I did a little bit of digging. And here's what I think, found out. In these okay. five, what's that? Was it cocaine? Yeah. That's why. Um, that's why I thought. Where? Okay. <laughs> huh? Hmm? So, in the five, in our five wins, tell me if there's any correlation here, guys. Taylor Heineke's quarterback rating is one thirteen point seven eight. That would be the highest in football. The highest QBR out of like all the the best ones is Aaron Rodgers at one of five point five. His completion percentage is at 74.9, basically 75%. His touchdown to interception ratio is 10 to 2. His yards per attempt, 7.98 yards passing per game, 262. That is up in the top tier level of Pro Bowl level quarterbacks. When we lose in our six losses, his completion percentage is under 70, under 60%. He has five touchdowns to eight interceptions. His quarterback rating is 70.9 yards per attempt, less than at 6.72 yard cumulative passing yards per game, 236. Basically, he is bat worse in every single one of those categories in games that we have lost. And in games in which we have won, he has been outstanding. So I do I do I do I think Taylor Heineke is the quarterback of the future, you know, plug him, set it, forget it. He's your quarterback for the next handful of years, whatever. I know, but I, I don't, I don't know what to think of this because is this little three game sample size that we have here, or I guess five for the, if you want to count the previous wins, but is this really who we're getting or is he just, you know, he's just on a heater. I think like Adam said, like it, look at who he's done it against though. Yeah, it's another I mean, thing. I, you look at, I mean, early on in the season, Giants suck, Falcons suck, Krypton sucks, but you 
he did against the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Seahawks. I mean, those are all really good defenses. And then, you know, he, it was kind of a back-and-forth game with the Bucks for a little bit until they pulled away late and, and definitely was with uh, Carolina. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's how does he fit? I, it also is that the defense is finally coming together. Everything's just coming together right now. And obviously, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the most important position on the field. So your team will most likely go as your quarterback goes. So I, I think it's him playing really well, but also not turning the ball. Him not turning the I mean, ball over is the biggest factor for me. Like, could it be just be a really good fit? It, well, he knows he, he knows his offense better than anybody. He knows his offense like yeah. the back of his hand. I mean, he literally probably knows it better than anyone on the planet because how long he's been with Scott Turner. And he apparently is just a very cerebral guy. They were saying on the broadcast that you know, if it wasn't for his size, he would have been recruited way more out of high school because he's he's got he's just he's just that you know mindful of when it comes to reading defenses and knowing the offense. So. I think also, too, that there is a part of it that everything's kind of coming together right now. Like I said, defense is playing better. You know, you get your best, we- your second best weapon back in Logan Thomas. Curtis Samuel might be healthy. Um, Antonio Gibson isn't putting the ball on the carpet every two carries. Uh, hopefully McKissick is healthy again and he keeps utilizing him. The offensive line, like we just talked about, is playing. So everything around him is also helping, uh, helping out. So it's not just him, but, I, you know, they're helping each other right now, right? So that's they're finally coming together as a unit and playing to, I think, their best potential, which isn't, you know, the Packers, but it's good enough to win right now. I'm very much of the glass half empty kind of person. Um, I will find the negative in everything. So Taylor Heineke has been very good. He's been exciting. He's whatever you whatever, whatever you want to say, I agree with. But how many times on the broadcast on Monday night did they refer to him as legendary? <laughs> how many times did they compare him to Brett Favre? I mean, can we just realize that this guy has not been in the league for how many years? He is a rook, redshirt rookie this year, and he's 28 years old, 29 years I was gonna old. Say, he's almost 30. Like, let's not forget that. Let's yeah, not forget yeah. what he's been doing these past three games. And in and Tom, like you said, in the, in the games that they win, he plays really well. Like, don't yep, get yep. me wrong. But we also need to remember that there's a reason that he hasn't been a starter in the NFL. There's yep. a reason why he was on his sister's or sister-in-law's couch contemplating never playing football again two years ago. Like, let's let's not forget that. But at the same time that I say that, we do need to remember that, yes, when he plays well, he's a good quarterback, and he shows that he should be in the NFL. Should he be a starter in the NFL? To me, the jury's still out on that. I, yeah. need, to, I need to see more than, than just this sample that he's shown. But right now, like you were saying, everything is clicking. It's all working right now. Hopefully it stays that way. But if he comes out, this Sunday and throws up a dud in Las Vegas. You got to remember he was, he's not, he's not, he's not really a starting NFL quarterback. He's not, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Brett Favre. Right. Like let's. Yeah. And, and we'll, and also just think about his one. His, doing the same thing. Kurt Warner's bagging groceries. I'm not saying he's yeah. Kurt Warner. He's oh, really, now he's Kurt Warner. Okay. <laughs> the, furthest, the furthest thing from Kurt Warner at the moment, the furthest thing. 
But Kurt Warner, the same the same thing was said that that year. Am I saying he's going to be our starter next year? By no means at all am I saying he's going to be our starter. Should he, he belongs on an NFL roster. In no way should he be started next year until he proves otherwise. But we don't know. His gamemanship in the fourth quarter is better than anything we've seen in the last 20 years. Facts. Yeah. He's in the bright lights. He's better than any quarterback that we have had. Right. And now he's done it. What? Three times. Yeah. A lot. I haven't thought about that. You know, it's playoff game. Giants game on Thursday night, Monday night. Well, I'm thinking about the the best we've had in the bright lights is Taylor fucking Heineke. But just to play devil's advocate, then you look at the Buffalo game and the Kansas City game and the Packers game. game. Oh, it was horrible. It was, yeah. and that's why, and that's why you saw that he was a backup in the AFL. And that's why, I, like, I, I kind of agree with Adam's point. Where like, I, I always look at it. It's like, I don't. I feel like we need to understand who he is. Yes, he has upside, but his ceiling is probably a lot of really good quarterbacks or quarterbacks to come's floor. You know, it's like he can only get so good. Now, I'm not saying he can't eventually develop into something, but like, I just feel like there's a limit with him and we're playing to his strength right now. That's great. But I just, how many of you think that we've seen the best of of Taylor Heineke? I think this is it. Okay. And that, and I think that's the thing. I disagree with that. He's gotten better every single week. Well, of course you do. You just compared him to Kurt Warner. You think they're no, going to make I a said, Disney movie I, after him? That's <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you're, if you're sitting up, because you just said it, he was sleeping on his sister's couch, which is true. Kurt Warner's bagging groceries. It was the exact same thing. And then he won MVP. No way in sh- fucking hell is Taylor Heineke winning MVP or going to be the starter next year. But we don't know. He's gotten better every single week. And so he's also the, the reason why we're winning right now. So the and thing is, like, I'm what I'm trying to maybe because I'm so scorned as a fan of this team is I remember when like the most exciting season I ever had as a Redskins fan was the 2012 RG3 season. I mean, we never saw anything like that. And then there was enough of a sample size on how to, I guess, contain him, how to stop him. And RG3 could never adapt to it. And sure, there was, we had the injury and who, who knows what would have happened. But still, um, it takes, normally it, it takes some, a number of games for defensive coaches to have enough film on you to find out where your weaknesses are. And I, we, I think we all know where Taylor Heineke's weakness is, and that's his arm strength. He just flat out can't make throws that most professional quarterbacks can't. I mean, what, where he is his best is when he, of course, is when he's being improvisational, but it's a matter of timing because he's not going to throw a, you know, his fastball is touching, you know, high 80s, so so to speak. Perfect example is that play Monday night that, um, you know, Lewis Reddick was talking about. It was the play down and out to the right, um, and there was a little push up in Heineke's face, and Lewis Reddick gave all the credit to Seattle's defense, and Brian Greasy goes, that's a throw Heineke needs to make. Like you can't put that much air on it. He just doesn't have the strength to get there on a dart, and that's yeah. that's his biggest weakness. Is he doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, it shows you throughout NFL. You know, compare this over the last ten years of the NFL. It comes down to sitting in the pocket and making an accurate throw while defenders are breathing down your neck. And he's his game isn't really tailored to that, pun intended. So, um. 
I think the, you know, I, go ahead. Sorry. Well, the, the thing is and where, I, where I'm really impressed with him also was of course, how he's managed the game and he's not making mistakes in which we're winning, but how safe he's being. I mean, that's the, and you said he's the, he's the, he's played the best in prime time than any quarterback we've seen. And, you know, I never thought of it like that, but we're also so historically bad on Nash on primetime TV. It's the bar is very low, but he's also, we've witnessed so many injuries throughout our time and how he slide. I mean, he slides better than any quarterback I've ever seen. And, and definitely here in a locally. I mean, he, he's not really setting himself up to get hurt. And what was RG three's biggest issue? Couldn't infidelity. Did not know how to slide. Did not know how to slide. Does anyone Jason else Campbell think slide? Jason Campbell, yeah. Does anyone else think that Heineke slides to get hit and draw that flag? Yes. I think he does it intentionally, which it's I don't worked. mind as long as he doesn't get hurt. Because there was a, I think it was Monday. He did. He got a couple against uh, Carolina, but I think it was Monday. He had a clear. It was like one on one, and he had a clear path to like just go to the sideline and slide. But he when he slid, he like went towards. The defender, like daring him to like lower his shoulder and maybe draw a flag. I think he does that on purpose, which is kind of, I mean, smart to get a penalty, but not smart to maybe give yourself a concussion. But I mean, that's just another thing that I, I noticed. Like he looks like he's trying to slide to try to draw a flag. He's like daring the defense so, to hit him because they're so, so touchy on that. To kind of put a, a bow on this, guys, where, what I see, if I were to you know have my predict in the future here, I think he's a really good bridge quarterback. I mean, clearly this is not a, like he, he understands his role. He, he knows where he has been, but I could see a scenario where, you know, we draft a quarterback, whether it's in the first round, second, third, whatever it may be um, in the spring. And he can not only mentor that guy, but you know that he can run your offense adequately while the other guy develops, because we have witnessed as we, number of times where we rush to the put these quarterbacks in and shit hits the fan. So, I mean, I mean, at the minimum, I think that bridge quarterback role that gets you a lot of years and a lot of money in this league. And there's no shame in if that's what you're going to be typecasted out to be. And listen, if we're here on opening day next year, it's opening day, like it's baseball, but week one, If he's the starting quarterback, I don't think anybody is upset about it. Yeah. No. But you're also going to be real and say, what is the ceiling with him as the starter on week one? If he's your starter for 17 games next next year, is it hoping for a wild card? Is it trying to win a terrible division like they did last year? You're not talking favorite in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And I think that's the big thing. He's a fine quarterback. And, Fine is better than what Washington has had for 25 years. Yeah. So it's just, it's what do you want? Do you want to build the team around the quarterback right now? Or are you looking for the court for, for the quarterback? If you want to build around the quarter around the quarterback and have Taylor as your quarterback for right now, you're fine. Like he, he Mm -hmm. will, he will do that and he will let you focus on other positions where you don't necessarily need to worry about having a season where you're going to be two and 15. When we kind of have this like gray area though, where like I'm always of the belief, I think the worst place to be in, in sports is near 500 because you're not bad enough to get a, you know, a a top pick 
a generational talent and you're not good enough to get to the playoffs. And not that I think Taylor Heineke is, you know, has Jeff Fisher written all over him seven and nine type of stuff. But right now with the way that we're playing, do I think we're good enough to get in the playoffs? Maybe, but like, we're not going to win a Super Bowl. but obviously we're not bad enough to get one of these top picks in the, in next year's draft. You know, at the same time, it's such a, you know, it's, you're playing roulette. You know, Lamar Jackson was a 32nd pick. You know, the best quarterback in this year's draft was the last one taken in the first round in Mac Jones. So, I mean, I know it, it's such an inexact science, but I guess what's, we kind of like painted ourselves into a corner right now just because we're not going to be able to be in position to get the top guy or the second or the third. Okay. Even though this class is supposed to be bad. I was say, at least this class is terrible. Yep. Yeah, would you even want to take a quarterback? I like the kid from Ole Miss. He reminds me of Heineke with the stronger arm. And what do we say preseason? We said we just want to see a full sample size, right? Mm-hmm. 16 games, and then we could evaluate. I mean, right he's now. got, I think, was it a two-year deal he was signed? Yep. Um, extended? Yep. He's got so, next year, too. So, I mean, at, we at the minimum. Hour, didn't we? And he's getting paid like – a million. It's like a million per yeah. year. It's like, it's nothing. Yeah. So also, so. Gracia, uh, Kurt Warner was 28 when he got signed off of the <laughs> <laughs> So it's a pretty fucking spot on comparison. All right. We, uh, listen, if he, t- if he turns into a Hall of Famer, I will. Hey, never ever will I say that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> They're going to make connected. a Disney movie after him. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Warner right. was the greatest show on turf. Heineke will be the greatest show on FedEx Field's dirt. Our greatest show on ACL tears. <laughs> we changed gravel. the name. Stop hurting everybody. We did. Like I thought we got rid of that. I thought that was the deal. All right. So I'm going to go into Pick'em from last week, guys. Where the hell did I write it? There we go. Oh, is this why okay. you didn't text us? Because you want to do it on the pod? Yes. Uh, Megan was like wondering. Was like, So here are Tom's last really week's fun. results. Okay, there is a three-way tie for first place with 10 picks correct. My wife, Daniela. My wife. Bobby. Let's go. Umo. All had 10. Sitting in second by herself, Emily with nine. There is a two-way tie for third, Porter, Healy, eight. By myself, fourth place, Tom, seven. Then there's a tie for fifth place, Cookie, Elaine, six. And Ian missed his picks, but he got me – he gave me five picks, and you got three of those five. So oh, I gave five picks? Oh, I thought I yeah, you gave, yep, you gave the two on Thanksgiving and then Sunday and Monday. Three on Thanksgiving, then Sunday and Monday. You I got, won you on Thanksgiving, though. There you go. So the cumulative standings as of now, guys, there's a tie. First place, Tom Umo, 116. Oh, let's go. Second place, Bobby, 112. All right. Third place, Emily, 111. Fourth place, Porter, 110. Yeah. Fifth place, Cookie, 106. Sixth place, Daniello, 105. Healy, seventh place, 102. Ian, eighth with 88. Nine, Elaine with 77. You got a preface that I missed two Uh-oh. weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> yes. You missed two weeks? Yeah, yeah. Well, one they're both weeks that I went to the game. Well, Elaine missed three weeks, so 
All right. She's like, she's, 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 coming she's for gaining you. you. <laughs> she's so, gaining on you. Okay, so guys, my following <laughs> week 12 games, my first question I have for everyone here, frankly, I don't know. Who is the best team in the league? Uh, Packers. Green, Green Bay. Bay. He's United. <laughs> I'll mute you. Don't do that. Oh. Okay. So Packers nine and three. Anybody else? Well, Does anybody uh, believe in Arizona? I was just going to no, ask about them. Yeah, a, a healthy Kyler Murray. I believe in Arizona. They get. I think they get everybody. They are yeah. nine and two, and they were two and one without Kyler. You, you don't believe in Colt McCoy? I love him. always believe. <laughs> the they're two and one without Kyler. Well, shit. You think you think Taylor Heineke is a Hall of Famer? So Colt McCoy is probably is he a goat? Colt? Colt is the goat of backups. I will you will never have to pay for a drink ever after that one Monday night game. Against Dallas, yep. Yeah. So, if you look at from a point differential, this would surprise me. It actually surprised me when I saw this. Number one is the Patriots, plus 146. The Bills, plus 144. Then you have the Packers. I'm sorry, you have the Cardinals, plus 108. So it sounds like unanimously, is it the Packers that you guys are th- you think is the best team? I think the Packers are the best team. I mean, at one point I thought it was the Bills. Then the Bills had like two clunkers. Then at another point I thought it was the Titans after they had some really, really impressive wins. They lose Derrick Henry, and they, they've, been a, they've been good since, but not the same. Baltimore Ravens quietly are back to them being themselves. Go Ravens. Three. <laughs> cool. Uh, um, <laughs> no. No. Kick them out. No. no, you're not allowed. Nope. The bit's gone. I, mean, I, I, I thought the Bucks were the, maybe the best team in football for a while, too. I mean, I feel like there's like a handful of really good teams that I could all see ways of winning the Super Bowl. And then seeing others that are – you know, you always like to – the ones that always end up winning, I feel like, are the ones that are, like, ascending towards the end of the season. And um, the Packers are doing that. The Patriots are absolutely doing that. We'll see what we get with the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Team's trending down after the Rams put all of their chips in. Every single chip they have. I don't know if they have any draft picks left, but they have lost three Green straight games. Yeah. So, All right. Hi, Kimmy. <laughs> um, Adam, do you, do you think that's – is that what you agree with the Packers as well? I do. I like the Packers. My th- hesitancy is the Bucks because Tom Brady won the playoffs start. Until Tom Brady shows you that he can't do it, you're not going to believe in him. It's like LeBron James in the playoffs. Like – it doesn't matter if if they're down 3-1 in the series. Until they actually lose and the series is over, you're still in the back of your mind going to just say, okay, well, he's going to come back. God, it's LeBron it. James. He's the greatest player. And that's how I feel about Tom Brady. I, I, I like the Packers. Us. They're my favorite. But there's just – until until Tom Brady actually loses, I, I feel like he's going to do it. I hate um, it so much. Chiefs have won four straight games too. 
it looks like they may have corrected themselves as well, um, which makes sense. I feel like we're all waiting for that to happen. And then I could see, like, okay, the, the next question, like, the longest winning streak in football right now is the Patriots. They've won six straight. It looks like Mac Jones is a shoe-in to be rookie of the year. How good is this team? And it's their defense is Unbelievable. unreal. They have, they're the only team that not allow – oh, no, never mind, the Bills, too. They're in the Bills, the only team to not allow 200 points this year so far. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, is there any question that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach? Everyone ever? was questioning that at the beginning of the year and last year. Everyone was like, see, it was all Brady. It was all Brady. Well, no, give him some time. <laughs> he's still yeah. the best coach of all time. Like He's going to figure it out. I mean, they had a no-shoulder Cam Newton. And like they had more players opt out of the season than any other team in the league, plethora of injuries. And I think they were and still they, in until like the last like week fifteen or something. They or 16. spent a lot of money. And Mac Jones, I mean, sure, you want to talk about a fit? And would Mac Jones be as good as he is with the Patriots as he is with if he was with any other team? Who probably not, but it doesn't matter because it's working. And the Patriots basically had to suffer one bad season of quarterback play, and they're going to get another. You know, decade plus of joy. And a Belichick. It's just facts of life. Death, taxes, Belichick's going to win. Yep. All right. Last question. You know, it's saying the father time is undefeated, but this has to be Big Ben's last year, right? Dude can't move. He looks so bad. He, He hasn't been able to move for the last five years. It looks, it's hard to watch. It's sad. I was going to say, it looked sad. I, mean, I think I, it's hard to watch. I know that Haskins is the third third string quarterback there. Is he a better option than Ben Roethlisberger right now? I don't know. It depends what he's doing off the field. Who, Mason Rudolph. Is it still Mason, the backup? Yeah, Mason Mason is second string. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's back. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, I was thinking about that because we're always talking about who is going to be our quarterback in the future? Are we going to draft a guy? Are we going to trade for a guy? I know we tried to go after Matt Stafford in last off season. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers could very, very much be in a different uniform next year. Same with Matt Ryan, same with Russell Wilson, this divorce between Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson really seems almost inevitable at this point. So I wrote down a list of 12 teams that could theoretically have another quarterback next year. I have six babies and six what I would consider to be almost for certain the maybe's in no particular order Philly. I'm not sure with Jalen hurts. He's been, is he just a better fantasy player than he is an actual quarterback? Probably Um, Daniel Jones. I'm not sure if giants are ready to pull the plug on him, but I don't think he appears to be their quarterback of the future. New York, New York was freaking out when they thought that he was, he was going to be out for some games. Yeah. Yep. I think that just tells you that they're well, not. If he, they're not if all he out. Plays, if he plays, freaking out in a good year. way, like they were happy. No, they were. They were. It was. Well, our season's absolutely done. Uh, without Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones is going to be out. Well, that's indicative. Who, who's your backup? Um, Mike Glennon, and they yeah, just picked no. up Jake Fromm too. From from State so, Farm. Yeah, Jake from State. Jake from State Fromm. And then we got. As far as maybes, us, obviously. Falcons, Matt Ryan, I'm not sure what they intend to do. Same Seahawks, they put a question mark. Is Russell Wilson going to stay? 
Um, Cleveland Browns, what are they going to do with Baker Mayfield? That seems kind of awkward because they need to make a decision pretty soon whether they're going to pay up or not extend him. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's worth what they would need to pay him for him to stay. And then the Texans, I don't know what's going to, what's to happen with the Deshaun Watson scenario, but he did request a trade even before all of these allegations came out. Then the definite, um, I know they have Jared Goff, who's terrible, but Detroit Lions, they're winless. They're going to have the first pick overall, most likely. I imagine they're going to be getting a quarterback. Um, I see the Saints, who I don't know what's going to happen, but you know when they lose Jameis Winston and their offensive has been a shell of themselves, and Jameis Winston's not even particularly good, I would imagine that is a position that Sean Payton would like to upgrade and who wouldn't want to play for him. Um, The Steelers, as we just talked about, and the Broncos. The Broncos just invested a lot of money into their three wide receivers, making their um, looking, see how attractive that is to Aaron Rodgers. That seems to be a potential marriage between him and John Elway. That'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. The Broncos got Peyton Manning, and then what, five years later, seven years later, got Aaron Rodgers? That'd be disrespectful. That'd be very There's way too much talent on that offense for them annoying. to be this bad. And their defense and is still pretty good. They drafted that because they thought Drew Locke was the guy. E. Definitely not. Did not work. All right. You guys ready for pick them? Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to go in the order of who did, who won, and then, Adam, you can go right behind me because I was last. So the order will be Bobby. God damn I'm sorry. It'll be Bobby, Porter, Tom, Ian, Adam. Okay. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, Bob. The well, We're watching the Thursday night game now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Atlanta. Bucks are favored by 11. Bucks. Okay. Bucks. Porter said Bucks. I agree. And Ian, what you got? Adam, what you got? I'm going Bucks. All right. That's pretty easy. Okay. So the next game we have the nine and two Cardinals travel to Chicago to play the four and seven Bears. Cardinals looks like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will wow Tom. Kyler <laughs> Murray will play this Sunday. They're favored by seven and a half points. Adam, it's your turn. We just go in a like a snake draft. I'm going Cardinals. Ian. Oh yeah. Yep, I agree. Porter. Cardinals. Yep. That's easy. Yep. Bob. Bye week okay. helps Kyler more, so Cardinals. Right. This game should be interesting. Who which team spread reflects that? Six and five Chargers travel to Cincinnati to play the seven and four Bengals. Bengals are favored by three points. That is what we would call a coin flip. Right? Isn't it three points to the home team, Ian? Yeah. All right. Bob, who you got? Um, These teams both kind of need this game. Chargers have been kind of yes, reeling, and Bengals just beat the shit out of the Steelers, but they lost to the Jets earlier this season. I'm going... Ah, Chargers defense good. This is actually be really fun to watch Herbie and Joe Burrow go out at it against yep, each yep. other. I hope it's high scoring. Both defenses are pretty solid, though. 
I'm going to take the Bengals at home, though. All right. Quarter. Move forward. Yeah, Bengals. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the Chargers. I know the Bengals have really overachieved this season, in my opinion. And But at the same time, I feel like the Chargers have a lot of talent on that team. I like their new coach and Brandon Staley. I'm going to go Chargers. They need this game more than the Bengals. Ian? I think, I think Burrow cements why he was the number one overall draft pick. Got it. And what you got? I really like Joe Burrow. But Justin Herbert, man. I mean, how, how, nice, how nice would it be to go from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert instead of having about 17 different quarterbacks. And then even before that, you had Drew Brees for a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. I'm going with Chargers. No Super Bowls, right. though. I was going to say, they don't have anything to show for it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for Phil. He might have been the best one out of the, that draft class, too. All right. Um, the Vikings travel to the winless Detroit Lions. Vikings are favored by seven, Adam. I assume that's Vikings and Vikings all the way around for everybody. I, oh, yeah. I want to just, I, for the hell of it, I just want to go Lions. Do the Lions, a couple times. Do the Lions have a win left on their schedule? Vikings at home, at Broncos, Cardinals at home, at Falcons, at Seahawks, Packers at home. Maybe the Falcons. Maybe that Falcons game. game. Or maybe if like shit really hits the fan in Seattle, I, I are they going to go win? Like I don't think they're winless level bad. Oh, are they? They got a tie, but then they, they get a tie. Yeah, yeah, it'd be zero and sixteen and one because <laughs> the extra game. And they tie themselves. Well, all right. See. Is that Vikings all the way around, guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we have. Broncos at Chiefs. Where'd that go? All right. No, that got flexed Sunday night. Um, six and five Denver, seven, four Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by nine and a half, Bobby. Chiefs coming off a bye. Order. Chiefs. Yeah, that's pretty easy to me, too. It's Chiefs. All around. All around. All right. Next, we have real barn burner. Four and seven Giants travel to Miami. Five and seven Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by four. Miami's looked a little bit better lately, and so has Tua. Is it me or Adam? As Adam. Oh, I'm taking the Dolphins all day. Me too. Tua looks good. Jalen Waddle looks to be like a stud. Their defense is getting a little bit better. Let's go Giants. All right. Ian? Fins up, babe. Yeah. Fins up. Giants, thank you for beating the Eagles last week. Much appreciated. You're still garbage. Fins up. All right. Now we have. They tried to trade me for Saquon for. um, uh, What's his face? Um, Elliot. Zeke? Yep. Who did? Rag. Oh. Yeah, he like told 20, me was, I, twenty minutes before the game started. Or he, no, he, he actually he actually did it to me at seven. And he was like, "Hey, man, I sent you a trade." And I was like eating dinner. I was like, "Yeah, I know. I'll think <laughs> about it." 
I'm uh, eating dinner right now. I'll, yeah, he, like a he, minute before the game, I was like, no. <laughs> he he, uh, he texted it to me, and I was like, there's no way in hell he's going to accept that. He's like, no. It's, I was like, no, he's nope. not going to accept that. But no, never. All right, guys. Um, this is the team I am worried about. I'm not sure if we're better than them. Five and seven Eagles traveled to New York to play the Jets or New Jersey. Um, Eagles are favored by seven. Bob. I, you know who I want to pick. You know who I want to pick. Mm-hmm. But I do not see them losing back-to-back weeks at MetLife. And the Jets are even worse than the Giants. So I'm going Eagles. Yeah, me too. Me as well. Um, that's It's interesting who's the better team between us and Philly. I would um, be so mad if Jalen Hurts runs circles around us. You know how, how many things I'm going to break? Already, I'm already pretty annoyed about <laughs> I'm going to break so many things. Well, unless they put – what if they put Nate Sudfeld back in? Please do. That might be really- <laughs> All right. Uh, Ian. I'm going fucking Eagles down. <laughs> You're picking the Jets? Fuck yeah, I'm picking the Jets. Playing I like Robert. You've missed two weeks, so what do you have to lose? <laughs> I got, I got, I got nothing involved in this. Adam, what you got? I'm not going to shit on you, Ian. I'm taking the Jets. Also, See? <laughs> they're they're playing well. Right they now. are playing well. Seven's a big number. And now, if Zach Wilson plays, I want to switch my my pick. I think he is. I'm ta- I'm I'm still I'm taking the Jets. No, Jets gonna win. Okay, are we like, better than the like Eagles? Ninety yards. I think we're better coached than the Eagles. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Talent level, we might be even. I would, if fully healthy, I would give a nod to us. Yeah. I agree with that. But I, I just want to know why can't Ron Rivera just coach the way he does in the second half of the season all year? That's a conversation for another time. But yes, it's just. It's consistent. Yeah. They're real, too. I'm, I'm the, the whole coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, they need half a season to start making adjusted adjustments and figure out what works and what doesn't. I think that they, well, one, they didn't know what this year was. Like, they could not decide. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Like, they couldn't decide whether this year was for competing or for rebuilding. And they still no, have He said it. He has said that. No, but he's, like he, he, he flips back and forth. He goes, he right. goes, no, we're still, we're still like developing. Oh, no, we're still going for the division. We still want to win. So it's like, all right, you don't know what you, you don't know what you want. But, I think that instead, like I think the beginning of the season, they were trying to mold the players they have to fit their scheme, and now they're actually making schemes to fit the uh, the talents and the the skill sets of the players they have. Does that make sense? I think yeah, they're doing a better job of that earlier. Yeah, right. I no, I totally agree. But sorry, and I, that's I, an evaluation problem. I derailed the pick. Sorry, that's an evaluation you're problem fine. too. <laughs> you're fine. All right, um, Adam, you're up. The Six and six Colts. I like this team. I think they've gotten the hang of things. They went shot for shot with the Bucks. Just came in, came up short at the end. Uh, they traveled to Houston and played the Texans. Colts are favored by ten. I imagine that's an easy pick for everybody. Yeah, I'm taking the te- the Texans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you laugh, but I am. Are you? All right, Tyra I am. Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. It's a, it's a- Send it. All right. As long as long as Tyrod doesn't get a. Uh, his lung lungs punctured. I'm taking the Texans. <laughs> Poor guy. And you never know of him. All right. Well, it looks like the Los Angeles Rams need a get right game as Jacksonville Jaguars travel to LA 
The Rams are favored by 13. Bob. Rams. Horns yeah, up. Rams. All right. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Um, and I guess now that Notre Dame has hired a coach, it appears Urban Meyer is stuck in the NFL. <laughs> Ian, you going Rams? Hell yeah. McVay. Oklahoma needs a coach, though, don't they? True. Adam, you going Rams, too? No, yeah. leave Oklahoma. I'm all, all Oklahoma. Right. So, next game, this is normally on primetime, but the 8-3 and three Ravens traveled to Pittsburgh to play the 5-5-1 five, five and one Steelers. The Ravens are favored by four and a half. I feel like the Ravens are good. I don't feel like they're being mentioned in the same category as some of the other teams like the Bills and the Packers and the Buccaneers like we've mentioned. I feel like a lot of these, they're clearly a very good team, but I feel like they've also been very fortunate in a lot of these wins. Um, they've had some fortuitous bounces, fortuitous calls, whatever it may be. They have found ways to win. You know, at the same time, they do have one of the most exciting players in football. And they had a game in which I think Lamar threw four interceptions and they still won. So That was in the past week. That was Browns. That was Sunday night. Yeah, they are confusing, but um, still play good defense. And it um, looks like they're starting to get healthy. At least the wide receivers are. Um, that is a very long-winded preview. But anyways. You know how nice it was that people were talking about how bad that Ravens-Browns game was on Sunday night, and it wasn't about the Redskins? It's very and nice. then we had a good game Monday night? I know. It's just those things don't happen. No. Um, with that said, I think it's my pick. I'm taking the Ravens. Yep. And they cover. Actually, I wrote down a little parlay in my book for you, Ian. And yes, I wrote that too. My guy. Everybody knows I'm taking the Ravens. Your favorite team? Long time. Long time Ravens fan. Mute this son of a bitch. <laughs> Mark Andrews is the best. He's done. Well, he Love is. It. He's so good. Ravens. All right. I think Ravens all the way around. Okay, yeah, I there was some news out today about um, the football team's new kicker from Bethesda, went to the same high school as Bobby, went to Gonzaga. Hail. They asked him, oh, so you grew up a Redskins fan? He goes, nope, yeah. I actually grew up a Ravens fan. And a little part of me died inside. He uh, said sure. a Baltimore <laughs> fan. I guarantee he has older brothers that were like diehard Orioles fans. And so he grew up a Baltimore fan. Or he just, well, think about it. He's younger. So, I mean, the, the Ravens are really good. It's true. He's 20, and 22. Like more, no, more and more, pl- like, just think about, like, the generation lost because the Redskins have been so bad for so long. Like, this is going to happen. This is going to become more and more common. Yeah. And they talked about that on 1067 for a while today. Um, all right. This used to be a rivalry game. The 49ers travel to Seattle to play the 3-8 and eight Seahawks. The 49ers, that's an interesting spread. Niners are favored by three. Bob? It's really hard to picture um, Seattle losing this many games in a row with Russell. He obviously clearly isn't himself. Like That finger still bothering yeah. him. Um, and then also at home. But the Niners are playing well right now, so I'm thinking the Niners. Yeah, Niners for me. Seattle's one and four at home this year. 
Yep. I'm granted they've only won three games total. But like them. I'm going Niners as well. It seems that they have corrected themselves from the team they were just two years ago. Um, I don't think I'm not. I don't think they're Super Bowl bound, but they're, no. there's too much talent. I still believe in Kyle Shanahan as a coach. I'm going 49ers. I agree with everything you said. Niners are <clears throat> even with Debo Samuel out. No, not and 49ers for me. Yeah. All right. Game of the week. New England Patriots travel to Buffalo, Ian's favorite city in the whole wide world. Monday night football. It's a heck of a game. Let's let's see how good this Patriots team is. Bills are favored by two and a half. Can I go again? I think oh, it's, not, it's me. I'm going uh, Bills. I think the Patriots are going to hit a uh, hit a block. A wall. Here. Yeah, wall probably would have been the right word, not a block. All right, Ian, what you got? Don't want to. The greatest football environment in the world. I love the Patriots. I think they're the better team, but they're going to lose in Buffalo. They are calling they for still will win. They are calling for snow in Buffalo on Monday. Ooh, that'd be fun. Normally, I like to favor the team that has the better running game. Right now, that would be the Patriots. Damian Harris is running pretty well. Even though Josh Allen is basically the Bills' primary runner, they don't get much out of Devin Singletary. Um, I would favor the team that's better at running and better on defense, and right now that's the Patriots. So I'm going Patriots. I'm going Bills. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Patriots. It's right. supposed to be a polar vortex, too. It's supposed to be a yep. shit ton of snow coming you're, up in New England. You're a polar vortex. That should be cool. <clears throat> All right. And our final game, guys. The team with no name travels to Vegas. hey Coming off of their most impressive win of the season, arguably. Four o'clock game, my favorite time for football. That gives me three straight hours of red zone at the most optimum time. Raiders are favored by one and a half points. Jesus. That is really close. Um, Bobby, you are up, bud. Of course I am. What are you going to do? Of course Bobby's up on this one. I know. It's so annoying. (laughs) I've been really torn about this game all week. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do and what they're going to look like. They could either be really good or really bad. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he's also a Raiders fan. Yeah, Raiders are my second team. And for what reason? My grandfather growing up was is just he grew up in Guatemala, so they would only get the Raiders games back then when they were like super good. And then he just made my dad a Raiders fan, and I followed suit. Um, fuck, I, I'm Washington first though. Like when they play each other, I root for Washington. Um, do you? I do. Ravens fan. Um. <laughs> um. All right, so the Raiders' biggest strength is their defensive line, much like ours. So whoever wins the line of scrimmage is going to win this game. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to play, and I think that helps Washington. God damn it, I'm really going to pick them. Nope, I'm picking the Raiders. <laughs> Emotional yeah. hedge. Tom, right. Did you screen record that? No. Screen record it. Whatever. And then say Porter, what you got? Uh, Washington, baby. Let's go. Fuck the Raiders. Okay. Um, 
this game oh, is oh, a one and a half point spread for a reason. That means it's supposed to be close. We are playing really well. Raiders were not, and then all of a sudden they come out on Thanksgiving last week and play a hell of a game against the Cowboys. Another thing that's really annoying is so the Raiders have extended rest having played last Thursday, right? And then we just have a short week playing on Monday and now have to travel all the way to Nevada to play them. And even with all those factors against us, I'm still not going to pick us because if I pick us, you know, that means it's an automatic loss, correct? You better not. So, um, therefore, I am going to go Raiders in a close game. And uh, let's go... Let's go 27-26. Darren Waller might not play either. Oh, we got to do scores too. Uh, I'll do... Uh, um, what, uh, you said 24-26? I said 27-26. I'll do... Uh, 26-23. Okay. All right, Ian, the floor is yours, bud. All right. So we all know I'm going football team, but I will say it's either the Raiders win by a lot, like they just flat out embarrass us, or we squeak out a win. And I think we squeak out a win the way we're playing because they don't really have a home field advantage in Oakland. That's a that's a touristy spot. That's there's no real Las Vegas fucking fandom. Football team, 28-25. All right. All right, Adam, what you got? I liked the Raiders earlier today. Darren Waller, I heard, is out. He did not. He has not practiced the last two days. Yeah. I'm but we're really sh- good at covering tight ends. Sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not playing. He is a game changer. Because of that, I'm going Washington. I agree with all of you. I think it's going to be a close game. I think that Mr. Gonzaga is going (laughs) to hit a game winner. I'm going to go... Twenty-four, twenty-one. Porter, I didn't get your score, buddy. I think I'm going to go to the same. Twenty-four, twenty-one. All right. I think it's going to be that close. Okay, I like it. Sold. All right. So, Adam, I have a question for you because you played soccer, played in college. I, I believe you made a run at the MLS. Was that right? I had a trial with DC United. Hey, nice. So we witnessed this on Monday where there was an opportunity to kick a 21-yard field goal. And we didn't do it because there was no one on the roster, I imagine, that was comfortable with attempting that kick. Um, well, that's not true. Have you? Trustway is just what? left. He's lefty. Trustway is a left footer. Mm-hmm. We had nobody who could hold it. Okay. That's fair. Was that the reason? I just thought he... Yeah, no, just, yeah. that's what Ron said. No. Okay. Yeah, uh, left... Because you saw him practice on... I'm sorry to interrupt the question, but... 
Yeah, no, Tressway could kick that. He just they didn't have a holder because it's the opposite way. And as a holder in high school, it is different. <laughs> it was a holder in high school too. Yeah, it is difficult. Yeah, Adam, I wanted what I was. My question was: Have you kicked field goals before? Is that something you feel like, given your background, you, you could? I've kicked you field do? goals once. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to Wooten. I don't know if I was still in college or not, but I went up once. I kicked field goals. The first kick, I think, got about three feet off the ground. And then I realized, all right, it's not like kicking a soccer ball. I adjusted, and then I think I went back as far as 47 yards. Yep. And I was able to hit a 47-yarder. Damn. But it's different. Like, if if you've never kicked – a field goal before that first time that you, that you kick it, it's going to, it's going to be weird. Cause you can't try to, it doesn't matter if you like, if you're 40 yards out and you don't know if you have the leg strength or not, you're going to try to crush it. Yeah. You will not get it off the ground. And that's, it just, it takes, you have to realize that it's not like kicking a ball. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like playing softball because like this, it's slow pitch softball that I play. And you're like, I can absolutely demolish this because it's slow. And then every time you swing, you overswing, you swing too hard, you, you pop up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you got to hit on the sweet spot. And if you hit on the sweet spot, it goes. I noticed. Um, I, I imagine that's similar. I mean, of, of course, there's a lot more. I guess fundamentals associated with it. But Adam, when I left Frostburg, I transferred to coastal Carolina. I lived with the soccer team and those do coastal was really good at that time also. And I mean, one of our friend of the program, Andres, he was making from 50 barefoot. Like once he like, and as you mentioned, cause he, he just hit like a, he squibbed it the first couple of times and then he realized like how to get like the proper, I guess where exactly you need to hit yep. it on your foot. And it just took off. That's once once you figure that out, it's it's a game changer. And yeah. listen, I'm not going to sit here and sit kicking field goals is easy, and anybody can do it. But when you figure it out and you get into a rhythm, it's again, I'm not kicking in front of ninety thousand people. Yeah, yep. But you should be able to kick a twenty four yarder if you need to, or twenty one yarder, whatever it is to steal a game. And I, like you said, it it was, they didn't have a holder. I get that. But if you need to kick a field goal, field goal, you've got somebody on the team that can do it. Yeah. I I have to imagine. And Ron even said they haven't practiced this. They ever prepare for that, but I would have to imagine there's got to be a contingency in place at like, okay, if the kicker gets hurt, we're, we're doing X. See, and that's the, the annoying thing is, yes, you don't have somebody who can hold it for a left-footed kicker. Why have you not practiced that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? That's your reason. I get it. That's a lot different. But Trust was sitting there warming up his leg to kick the field goal. Yeah. Doesn't it make you look worse? It Just you say that Trust has never kicked a field goal. He doesn't know how to do it. We didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. Yeah, just say, yeah. oh no, we couldn't do it. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. I think I think Trust can Trust could hit it from fucking fifty if he wants to. Um, his sure. kickoffs, his kickoffs were fine. Um, so 
and, and they even asked him about that. He's like, kickoffs, I feel comfortable. Like, you know, I've been doing that for years. Like that's, that's no problem. Um, and I mean, I understand there's more to it than, than the timing of all of that's associated with it. It's, it's not easy, but I would think out of, you know, 46 active professional athletes, they can figure out two guys that can one hold and one kick it. But I think Lisa Salt didn't come back to haunt us because you know that things are going right for us when we didn't lose that game because of that. Yeah, it's true. Tom, you know, I was there, you know exactly what was going through my head. <laughs> oh, well, I, <laughs> I, I have no doubt whatsoever. I think, um, I think right. Lisa Salter said on the broadcast that she asked Tressway after halftime if he could do it, and he said he felt comfortable around 47. 47. Yeah. And then we didn't. But they didn't have a holder, like, like Ian yep. said. All right. So I'm going to move into something I'm very much enjoying watching, guys. We, we have talked about being lifelong Redskins fans which has primarily been a gift that has never gived, given to us. And we can basically say the same thing about our beloved NBA team, our Washington Wizards. Um, right now, we have the third best record in the Eastern Conference, one game behind, one and a half games behind, Brooklyn Nets, 14-8. and eight. Um, We've given Wes Unsell Jr. a shout-out. Adam, I believe, are you, are you a season ticket holder? Is that – or you still are? 15 um, years for the wow. Wizards. I mean, sweet. I, I love this team. I really do. Um, I love this coach, Tommy Shepard. Where the hell have you been my entire life? I love you very much. Also, um, so, and I wrote down like, we're, we're starting to tail off a little bit, um, but we are still just overachieving and defying what we were, what was expected of us at least. Um, and I'm kind of confused. I, you know, are, are we playing with house money? Are we just kind of, you know, similar to the Taylor Heineke situation? Like, is it, is it going to correct itself at some point? And I, I really don't know. I mean, I would feel like defensively we can play with really anyone at this point. Um, and the fact that we're doing this, well, basically our best player has been a shell of himself, at least offensively. And, um, then the guy we're paying to be second fiddle, Spencer Dinwiddie, has also been a shell of himself, and we're still winning. So, I mean, if those two guys get right, especially our, you know, all-NBA shooting guard and Bradley Beal, I would imagine that we will continue to ascend. But, um, Adam, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, I know you're an avid fan and, and season, I, I didn't know, 15-year season ticket holder. What, what have you seen this year? What have you liked? Defense. 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 I mean, they're, they're actually they're doing so many things that you're not used to seeing, starting with yeah. defense. You know, that's such a weird thing that you mentioned because, you know, I never – I didn't even know how to spell it until this year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to watch them actually play defense. I mean, they, they had less – I'm trying to – I want to make sure my wording is correct. They held opponents to under – They've held opponents to under 100 points already more times than they did all of last year. I love it. I love it so much. It's it's fun to watch. I think they were the best defensive um, three point uh, the best the best three point defensive team in the league. Like mm-hmm. they're they're doing things that you're not used to seeing and. Yep. 
Wes Unsell said early on that that's what he was going to emphasize was defense, that he wanted his team to play defense and that's what they're doing. And I think it's great to see not only a coach say that he wants to see something, but the players are buying in. I mean, you're the, from what you see from these guys, they love him. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you, you see them. It's more than just like a high five with a big play. Like I love him embracing each other. And it's, they just, they have so much. You you talked about Bradley Beals, not playing to what he should be playing at. They're finding ways to win. Spencer Dinwiddie. He is frankly, he's been bad. Like he's been really bad at times. They find ways to win. Contavious yep. Caldwell Pope, he will be silent for three quarters of a game, three and a half quarters of a game. When you need a big shot, he's the guy in the corner in the fourth quarter to go to. Kuzma yep. is the same thing. He's like, you have guys stepping up. Denny has been great. I mean, he he's not, if you look at the stat sheet, you're not going to see him light it up. But if you watch him, he yep. defensively, he's been great. I mean, they're he's weak been fantastic. What'd you say? Denny's just been fin- fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, he, I didn't know he, he really was has. this good. I did not know he was this good defensively. I mean, he is, he's got all NBA level to, I mean, if he's, what is he, 20, 21 years old? I mean, 20. If, if he keeps improving, and this is what we were saying about Rui last year, and granted, mm-hmm. we haven't seen Rui this year, so it'll be interesting to see how he gels with the team when he comes back, and it seems like he is on track to to come back, which will be nice. But if if Denny continues to improve, he's going to be a really good player for a really long time with his team. He just needs to improve offensively a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, they, they have what you haven't really had in years, which is depth. Yeah. You take a starter yeah. out, you put somebody in, you're not really missing anything. With that being you, said, Aspertans needs to start playing because if he doesn't, it would be nice to if you can trade his contract come the trade deadline. Yeah, and then the thing is, what's difficult about Bertans is all he can do is shoot. And what I mean by that is like he's not going to affect the game defensively. That's not his game. It's not going to get you rebounds. He's not going to set screens particularly well. What he's getting paid a lot of money to do is shoot. So, like if you're having a bad shooting night, if you're Spencer Dinwiddie, okay, no problem. Like I can pile up assists. I can play good defense. I, I, I can do all those little things that don't show up on, you know, the back of your, your, you know, your back of your basketball card. But when you're a shooter, you're not shooting. Like you're, you're in some deep shit. And um, okay. it looks like Davis was starting to get going last night, which was good to hear it. And Ian and I were actually texting about this. We're like, he's, he's too good of a shooter. His form is too good for this to, continue like he's not going to shoot under 20 percent from the three-point line right i don't want to see him get to the point where wes unsell takes playing time away from denny that's my that that's my worry yep me too denny was obviously playing a lot more when bertans was out and my my fear is that that's i say fear like it's life or death here but it worries me that if he doesn't if he's not playing well 
and he's taking playing time away from Denny, you've, you've got an issue there. Yeah. He's, he's averaging 21 minutes a night. So, I mean, that's, that's fine. I think anything less than that would be a disservice to him because you're right. That's where he needs to get better. And what's that Ian? Denny or Dobbies? Denny. He needs, he needs way more. So, you know, and, and that's a th- where, well, I mean, Scott Brooks frustrated me to no end. And I, I know we can all agree to that, but what I thought was such a disservice to him was just leaving him in a corner. I mean, not that I think Denny can't shoot because I, I feel like that's, he'll get there one day, but that's not his game. He's too good of an athlete. He's too much of a Swiss army knife just to leave propped up in a corner for to shoot threes. That's not his game. Um, you know, I, I'm curious what, it's one of those things that like given his size and his versatility and his ability to basically defend one through four, um, you can do anything with him, but then I'm not sure really, I don't know how do you improve his game offensively because he's not going to be our primary ball handler, but I feel like he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. Is that just me? I mean, I, I don't know how else you can use him. I've said that since the day he got drafted, put the ball in his hands. He makes plays. He does. He's a, he's a smart player. That's all there is to it. He does not play like he's 20. He sucks. But you put the ball in his hands, he makes the right play. He'll make mistakes. He's young. He's going to figure it out. There's only one way for him to figure it out. Put the ball in his hands. He makes everybody around him better. Adam, what do you think he should do? Draw plays for him. And I'm not, I'm not saying care to the offense to him. Because no. Not who he is. But Just get him going. Yeah, draw some plays for him. Draw some plays where he's working off the ball, he's cutting, and just let him get to the hoop. Let him get going. Let him feel confident. And I think that's the way that you really open him up. And if yep. you do that, then I think you've got something. You also do a Jokic style. You put him in the you put him in the middle of the key, give him the ball in the middle, let him pass it, see everything, and then just fucking deal it. Mm-hmm. Let, let him work around that. He's such a smart player. So when he's cutting, he's going to see it. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, combining those two things of his smart... I mean, he, every time I watch him, he seems like he finds an open hole and, and makes great cuts, Like especially in transition. He just finds that lane, makes a cut, and gets himself open to get to the hoop. And he's probably the best when he's near the hoop because he doesn't have his outside shot just yet. Um, and when he's making those backdoor cuts or in transition, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive how well he sees the floor when he's what twenty and technically a forward. I think I really I'm confident as long as he's still being put in positions to succeed. And I think West Unsell Jr. has like a lot of people said, oh, he's this is just a name because of who his father is. West Unsell has grinded his way to get here and has been an assistant in one of the teams that I really feel like is a recipe that we're trying to follow. Um, and that's, you know, build your team, you know, organically, smart trades, smart picks. And then, you know, hopefully you can strike when the iron's hot. And I mean, um, Wes Unsweld, I mean, Wes Unsweld has made such a substantial difference. Um, and I'm just, it, it goes beyond just, you know, how good his father was and him being, his dad being a, uh, you know, Washington Bullet legend, if not the best player in franchise history. So. You know, in terms of where do we go from here, uh, there, there's a variety of ways you can go. I mean, if if we think this organization is close 
and they need another piece, well, they can package some guys and get you another star. Get you a Pascal Siakam that looks to be disinterested in Toronto. Or, or if you want to go all in, give a King's Ransom for Carl Anthony Towns, something like that. You have that ability because you have depth and you have assets that are very attractive. Or, you know, you get Rui back and see his ascension and imagine once Dinwiddie and Brad Beal get going. And I mean, think about it. Dinwiddie's coming off of an ACL tear. So he still takes a while for basketball players to get back to where they were beforehand. So I would imagine that's the route that we're going because I really don't think there's anything that we're, you know, I I don't think we're trying to make like another like Bogdanovich type trade. Like we've had to in the past every year to come save, save our team. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. What do you guys think? You talk about assets. They have, not only do they have assets and they have the depth, but some of their assets aren't even playing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying trade Rui. I'm not mm-hmm. saying trade Thomas Bryant, but look what you're doing without them right now. Yep. So what, I mean, package one of them, Bertans okay. and somebody else, maybe, maybe you can get something. Yep. You can add another piece. So, Again, I obviously you're not doing anything right now, mm-hmm. but I mean, if like you said, Tom, if you think that this team is a player away, two players away, why not? Why not try to package something up? Because mm-hmm. we don't we don't have Ish Smith on the bench anymore. Yep. I mean, yep. Does it when you see this team and this depth and how much talent there is and and uh, how we haven't even talked defensive. about Montrez Harold. Like, true. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? Uh, he's he's um, Ian and him are already roommates. They're best friends. That's my boy. Are you Those ready? Are you, are, have you, are you already crying? Those are my two boys. Next year. What's that? You already crying because you know he's going to be gone next year. No, no. He's he loves DC. Lifetime contract. Lifetime. I think I already signed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, signed I was saying I this to my brother years. yesterday that. He is so much fun to watch. He's been just such a spark for this team. The problem is, that's who he is. And even though he's a fan favorite here, he's a fan favorite everywhere he goes. And it's not, not going to be one of those things where... Not the Lakers. Not the Lakers. He was for uh, two years ago. Or Clippers. Another L.A. team. Yeah. But yeah, Clipper, Clippers, he won six man of the year. Six man of the year, yeah. They, they didn't fucking play him. They should have. Well, I mean, he's having – what is he I averaging? I mean, how many times have I said I wanted a Montrez type yeah. player? Oh, I said I wanted he a Montrez said that a lot. type. And then we actually got him. I was so goddamn excited. And then now he's even outperformed everything that I've I'm surprised he doesn't get teed up when he when he hangs on the rim and does a little – It it amazes it just, me, but I love it. It gets everything. me going. I'm not sure what gets me more excited when he hangs on the rim or when Denny throws up the X after he locks somebody down. He looks Probably so Denny. awkward when he does that. I love it. I don't care. You don't like that? I love it. I didn't say I don't like it. He just looks awkward. It depends on which time it is. Sometimes he'll throw it up hard. Other times he'll just do a I think he did that against Giannis when he played. He's like, okay. He that's that's what he like. <laughs> yeah, he like kind of like hit it. He's like, oh, let me just do this without Giannis yeah. seeing it. I'm just going to do this and so, walk away. 
I, I will say, and Adam, I'm curious because you've been, uh, I mean, I've invested in this team too. Does it make you feel bad for me? I was like, I wish I saw prime peak John Wall in this, on this team. This makes me feel so bad. I, I just, I, I'm biased. I have so much love for the guy and I, I, I understood he has the worst contract in the league and it didn't work out at the end, but man, it, it sucks. I wish, I wish you could have seen this because I mean, yes, I, I agree with you and I feel the bias also. I've been lucky enough in just in what I've been doing professionally with radio and podcasts and everything to be in a room with just him and my host and sit down with him on multiple occasions and know oh, wow. that he's like a really good dude. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if him being on this team in his prime, if they would be any better. Okay. I know that it might be just like outlandish to say, but with all these shooters, really? I mean, the 2017 John Wall would have been, I mean, that was years ago, but I imagine he would have eaten up with, with this talent around him but, and a big that can actually run with him. If John Wall didn't think that he was a shooter or could shoot, he would make the team better as crazy as that might sound. Yep. No, he was, he was his best when he was averaging 12, 14 a game. Like yes. he's because he was dry. Like all those points were just driving to the lane. Mm-hmm. But when he started to, to work on his jumper and it got better, but those shots were good. Yeah. But that was when you started to see, I mean, if you look back, I think that was when he and Beal started to, uh, even though they would always say they were they were they were not that's my, that's my brother. Yep, we're friends, but no, you could you could see there was tension between them. They would butt heads, and I think a lot of it would go would go back to that where Beal would be open, Wall wouldn't pass him, and he would take a terrible three. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't I, it's it's crazy to say that I think that they'd be better with it, that they're better without John Wall in his prime. But I think there's just a caveat to that. And I, I understand that. I'm, I'm just thinking that uh, I agree. I thought John actually him scoring averaging 20 points a game is a disservice to him because that's not his game or that shouldn't be his game because he is one of the best facilitators. And he's one of the, he's him in transition was just like a piece of art. Um, that's where he was his best. And, and he took pride in that. And I, I think if he had, the talent that's on this team now and guys that can shoot, even though they're not shooting well right now, I imagine that's going to, the law of averages will, will, will start to apply here. I would imagine if he is, I would imagine Wes Unseld would put him in the position, like he's not going to Scott Brooks this and say, you know, you can average 15 assists a game right. if you run this offense correctly. Um, you don't need to shoot 15 times a game. Like Webster, had a career high. Like everybody has a career high three point percentage when they play. You got a game. lot of people paid. A lot of people paid. A lot of people. If he played with this talent of three point shooters, I think that would be unreal. I love Dinwiddie. I think him and him and Gafford have a really good thing going too. They're I love Gafford. I mean, what? How the hell did we get that? <laughs> that was the steal of the century. But John Wall with KCP, Kuzma, 
Bertans, who we paid eighty million. Who Kispert, like all of the above. What he did for shooters was he penetrated and then bang. Beal is the worst shooter on team right now as a specialist. That's an, that's another thing I wanted to ask you guys because I, I Brad's shooting like twenty five percent from three, I think. It's, it's can, can you guys help me understand that? Because I, Adam, you, I mean, I, I just don't understand where his, that's not him. There's something going on with him. Yeah, 26.9% from three. That is. He, he's in his head. It's It's been since last year, too. He's in his head. Like, him being the guy is not him. He needs to be a number two. He needs to be like a Clay Thompson to a Steph Curry type deal. He's, he is not at his best when he has the ball in his hands to dominate. That's not where he is. It's just not who he is. Can we not have him in the game in a close game in the fourth quarter? Fucking thank you. How long have I been saying How fucking long have I been saying that, Tom? Long time. <laughs> long time. I mean, like, I, how many times can you turn it over consecutively when you have a three-point lead or you're down by one. It's enough already. At some point, you need to realize, maybe I shouldn't have the ball right now. Mm-hmm. And, in, and the what, times what he's actually given it up, he won the game. Think about mm-hmm. what he did with the game, was it against Cleveland with uh, Kyle Kuzma? Yep. Go ahead, Bucket. That was a hell of a pass. He's actually a good passer when he, when he allows himself to do it. And, and right now, he, I mean, if I'm a, the opposing defense, I am have at him, buddy. Yep. Go ahead and shoot. Because, and it's weird because I don't think it's a fundamental thing. It's, it's got to be something mental because his, he's too good of a, he's too talented of a player to, for this to happen. He's not so, an ISO player. Like, he's not a Kevin Durant where he has, I mean, he was an ISO player last year and the year before that. And, he, as he's, an ISO- but when quarters one through four, one through three, yeah, maybe. But then he's he's a lot better. I will say he's a lot better at that. And he go and he attacks the rim. Amazing. He goes so physical. But in the last three minutes, he will turn that ball over every single time. He'll either hit it on his foot, or hit he'll hit it on the the defender's foot. Coming through every time. Or coming back. It's so frustrating to watch. When just give it to somebody else. If Brad stays at the corner, give it to him. Yeah, I got I got faith in him to, to hit that three. Other than that, no. Dinwiddie, Kuzma. He's, he's streaky. Kuzma. Oh, he's so streaky. Those three, yeah. I, I have m- much more faith in. I mean, right now, I think KCP's our best three-point shooter. I, I got to double-check. Adam, I'm not sure if you've got stop inbounding, throwing the ball inbounds late in games. Uh, I would, KCP? Yeah, I'd appreciate that also. I'm with you. And then, have you gone to any games this year? What has the environment been like? I just hope that – I want been, people to enjoy it. And it's that's, been good. Yeah, no, it's okay. been good. Um, and I'll be there tomorrow. Um, it's – the beginning of the season, it was like it had been where you're not sure if you're in Minnesota or if you're in Washington. 
Um, but it has started to to change, and the the Wizards fans are showing up, and the players are are seeing it also. Um, yeah, I mean they're they've mentioned um, with I don't know Celtics or Heat where mm-hmm. you they started to hear chants for uh, let's go Heat or let's go Celtics, and then immediately the Wizards fans start booing or they start going let's go Wizards, and yeah, it doesn't. That's good. That makes me feel better. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, it, you definitely notice it. So did you, I'm trying to think then it's been 15 years. So you, you were season ticket holder during the Gilbert days when we actually were selling out the yep. Verizon center every night. Yep. Those, those I, were the fun I, years. Those were, it was, it was so much fun. And the like, it, it was just, three. yeah. And, and I just, I want that to come back because this is a good team. Um, if not better than those Gilbert days. I know there was a bunch of what ifs with injuries and what happened, but still, I, I mean, the, the disconnect with this professional team, this professional franchise versus like, you know, there's a lot of Maryland and Georgetown diehards here locally. You talk about the high school level of basketball. I mean, it's massive here, but for some reason there's never been an association with being a wizards fan. And you know, I understand that we live in a melting pot of a town and it's just, if we put on a good product, people will show up. But right now the product is good and I just want more and more people to appreciate it. And I feel like, I mean, I haven't gone to a game yet this year, but it seems like, okay, they're not selling out the place, but the Wiz fans that are there, you can hear them loud and clear. Like that you, it is at least the fan interaction seems to be obvious. They just need to have some consistency with the players. And I'm not talking about consistency on the court, but what was the one thing you had with those Gil, Karan, Antoine years? You had Gil, Karan, and Antoine for years. And we we started to have that with Wall and Beal, but Wall started to get hurt. He wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, it's changed every single year. I mean, last year, obviously nobody was going to the game, but it was, it was Westbrook and it was Beal. Now Westbrook is gone. Like it's just, it's a revolving door of players. And if you want people to buy back in, obviously you need to win, but at the same time, you need to have players that people recognize, like people like people love. And it can't be, I mean, Ian, you brought up, uh, Martel Webster. It can't be those guys. Like it's nice to have those guys that you know are going to be there. The uh, the Martel Websters. Um, who, who else would? I mean, hell, Anthony Gill has been on. I feel like has been on this roster for <laughs> five years. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that. You need to have your core guys be there for years. And I mean, I joked about Montrez being gone next year. He probably will be. He's gonna. He's he's gonna. Someone's, make a gonna, lot over, of money. someone's gonna overpay him. Yeah, and and that's either either he's gonna get overpaid somewhere else and he'll be gone, or the Wizards will overpay him and he will be a dud. But they need to have a consistent team year in and year out with bringing in a couple of guys that either build the bench or that you have brought in another superstar to go with an already good team. 
But I mean, and that, that, in my opinion, that's, that's the big thing. You just, it, it takes fans 15, 20 games to know who these players are. You go into the season saying, who's on the team this year? I hear you. I get it. All right. So uh, speaking of um, frustrating franchises, um, just briefly on Maryland basketball, Adam, we have two Maryland graduates with Porter and Bobby. Bobby is um, very much a Maryland basketball fan. And um, it is, you know, been pretty standard. Everything that we're used to, which is um, really, really frustrating, maddening basketball to watch. And um, I know this athletic department decided to double down and extend Turgeon's contract after another successful recruiting class. However, one of their top recruits just decided to transfer today. Um, It's just, we had a choice, like there was two games last night, Maryland and Virginia Tech and the Wizards Timberwolves. I didn't watch a second of the Maryland game because I didn't want to. It was just going to frustrate me. And um, we've had this conversation about Turgeon and what this team means to us and what it means to this area. And it's just, it's really, really, really frustrating. And um, the fact that I, you know, voluntarily chose to watch something else, it says, says a lot. Bob? That does say a lot, actually. I did not know that you voluntarily did not watch. I thought you were like working or something. So that does say a lot that you did not want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pedestrian. It's the same. I mean, we've talked about this as long as this podcast has been on the air, we've had the same complaints and nothing has changed. It's the same pedestrian offense. It's the same overhyped team um, at the beginning of the year. And, you know, cool, we did well during the transfer pool. Well, the one downside for that is that it takes a while for them to gel. And even when this team does gel, I don't think there's their ceiling is as high as everyone thought it was going to be coming into the season. Like They seem very limited in what they can do. And they are limited by the coach. The offense is... does. I mean, it's just every... I was talking to a, a friend of mine um, or a former co-worker of mine last night during the game. It's just like every opponent knows the offense that there's been nothing changing about this offense in however long Turgeon has been here. You saw Turgeon got his ass handed to him last night by the Virginia tech head coach. Virginia tech made their proper adjustments in the second half and completely dominated. Now also keep in mind that Virginia tech went through a seven minute scoring uh, scoreless streak in the second half. They did not score for seven minutes. And I think similarly, Maryland or Virginia, Virginia tech did not score for seven minutes in the second half of last night's game. Eight minute one. then. And then in Louisville game, same thing. I think they held Louisville scoreless for six minutes in the second half or something like that. Back to back games. You hold extended scoreless streak for your opponent and you still lose the game. How does that happen? Like, now they are not we've as seen this. We've seen this before. They're a terrible three point shooting team. I understand that. You don't have to shoot. You don't have to shoot the three well to beat. On paper, Maryland is a better team than Virginia Tech, but they got out coached. And this is what I'm. My, my whole point is that Turgeon limits this team. No matter what they do, no matter who walks in that door, puts that jersey on, Turgeon limits what they're going to do because the offense is the same. It doesn't change. Everyone knows it's coming. Everyone knows how to stop it. It takes a special player to score or a, a defensive mishap, 
And then you add the fact that no one on this team can shoot the three. They're not going anywhere. They're just not. They're going to get absolutely mollywopped in the Big Ten. Apparently, there was a fire Turgeon chant. Really, at the game. See at now, the I, game. now I wish I would have. I would have went. I. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of backlash for him on on the Twitter sphere, but I've never heard of, of a fire Turgeon chant on actually at a game. Oh, so yeah, I, I really think it's just. I mean, I know we're stuck with him. I know this isn't going to change. Um, and, you know, we kind of, we talked about this previously where the coaching staff recognizes the talent and that's around them and makes the proper adjustments, putting them in the right position to, to succeed. And time and time again, I, I just don't understand how a major division one college basketball coach basically just, you know, throws a five out on the off on offense and just hopes for the best. I, I mean, I, I, I've just, I'm so tired of just 25 seconds of dribbling aimlessly and then hoping for a ball screen and getting to the free throw line. And if it wasn't for the talent of Anthony Cowan and, and others, like it just, you know, it, it's really, really upset me. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan. I'm still going to watch these games because I'm a masochist. And, and as long as they're not, the Wizards aren't playing at the same time, but um, it's just when that extension was announced, when I really thought there was some momentum coming towards, uh, you know, possibly him leaving the program or whatever it may be. I was like, finally, finally. And, um, you know, it's going to be more of the same. We're stuck with him. Wahab is, how tall is he? 6'11", 240. The transfer from Georgetown. He had 18 points. I think a majority of that, if not all of it, came in the first half. Tech had no answer for him. He only played 25 minutes. He was the only starter not to play more than 30 minutes. Tech, he was tall. He was at least four inches taller than anyone Tech threw at him. He's probably our best low post guy since Sticks. I mean, not probably. He is. And he doesn't have he I mean he's he doesn't have the outside range that Sticks has but I mean he's just big and strong and he actually is aggressive around the hoop which we haven't had in a very long time and Turgeon sat him for the most of the second half I don't understand Virginia Tech had no answer for him 18 points in the first half no answer for him and then he sat pretty much the whole second half what did you think was going to happen I don't understand I just I mean it's just I mean, we're, we're almost get at, destroyed. At the we're almost at two hours. Right. We're gonna get destroyed. Ian, what are you? The fact that we were even ranked was <laughs> appalling. We, I forget whether it was George Washington or George or Mason who beat us, but George either Mason. way, it was, we got we barely squeaked out a win and then we lost to so George Washington and George Mason, and then we won by two to Hofstra. The fact that we were ranked was atrocious. Why they keep on giving this fucking man credit, I don't understand it. I mean, it, I, I, we can't even have a conversation anymore. Like, it, it's so apparent to me, but. It's awful. You and I have said that he's horrible for what, eight years now? Ten. Ten? No, nine, right? Nine? I think, I think, this, is, I think this is 11th season. Oh, my God. It fucking better not be. And then he gets a, an extension. How? Why? How? This is the worst thing that I've seen for Maryland basketball. Like, we went from lefty 
to Gary to Turge. <laughs> huh. Hey. Both of my parents went to fucking Maryland. They said Lefty was the best coach. Ever. They brought me up on Maryland basketball. It was my favorite fucking thing in the world. And then Turge came along. And he ruined our fun. He ruined everything. I don't give a shit when we play anymore. Like, I, I'll watch it on my phone, but that's it. It's not worth watching. It's not. It's, Weird. He, his offense is horrible. He doesn't give a shit about defense. And then he says, you know what we should do? Jack up threes. Let's go. What All they, day. We shot, what, 7% from three? Yeah. Seven? Numbers approximate. We went one for 13. So 7.7%. Cool. Tech shot 45%. They made nine. So shoot five more. Let's go. Um, wow. Well, that was fun. Um, I know we're almost at two hours, so I want to give Porter the floor. Greg, you with us, bud? Yeah, I'm back on now. All right. I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff while you guys were talking bullshit for the last two hours. Sure. Thank you. I'm sure it's bullshit. I watched uh, How to Build a Shed. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I watched, uh, fucking I watched the game him. right now. I got I got done with the woodworking videos that I wanted to watch today, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so is that your Ryan Gregory's on wood? Yes. Look at uh, woodworking videos on YouTube. They're great. They'll teach you everything. Um, now, uh, I'd say I haven't been able to binge very much. Um, really into Yellowstone. If you haven't watched Yellowstone, I always keep talking about that. Uh, that's been awesome. Show is ridiculous. It's so good. I got Jimmy it's on it. Ridiculous. He's four episodes in. He's like, I'm moving to Montana. I'm selling the lake house and we're going to buy 200,000 200, uh, acres in Montana. I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting time on this one. It's, it, it's, 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 and good. I know you like, okay, you won't. You won't be bored. No, you're not going to not, not like you. it. You're going to like it. Yes, and then it just, there's so many plot holes. Is it just me? Yes. Or, yeah, it's just no, you. No, no, I've heard this from multiple people. <laughs> Tommy, you're not by yourself. <laughs> okay. It's, um, it's, yeah. It's just like, it's like, it's, okay, I, I'm complaining because I really like, I do like it, and I like, especially the first season, because the best way to describe it is it's a modern Western, right? Yeah, and it's still a man that owns land and is willing to fight and die for his land. Which yeah, which is kind of the yeah the old rules haven't gone out. Yeah, you know, and, modern um, worlds is like creeping in on him, and he's and, fighting and like, to protect it. It's SOA with cowboys. It's awesome. And the thing is that I guess that I find to be frustrating is that like like with each character, and some of which I really like, some of which annoy the living shit out of me. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get myself into trouble. And I'm going to do this, and well, I'm yeah, going to die yeah, from it. You got to create drama. It's not like it's real life Montana, of course. Yeah, not. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, it's being, like, I'm, you know, I'm nitpicking, but it's um. Well, Ian, you'll appreciate this. Uh, the sheriff from Sons of Anarchy that comes to replace uh, the corrupt one. Black do you remember that? The white guy. The like the do gooder. The guy that comes in. He's like, I'm going to change oh, charming. Hale. Captain Ham. Hale, yeah. He's the show creator. Oh, really? So he took his experience of growing up out West and his experience from being on the show Sons of Anarchy and created 
Yellowstone. It's very good. You're not, you're not going to, if you just, is it going to win? It's actually, I think it's been put up for some awards, but it's, I, I really like it. It's, it's a good time. But anyways, that's not the show I wanted to talk about. Um, that's four seasons in. You should definitely watch that show if you have Paramount. But, I'm recommending uh, to watch it too. I'm, yeah. I will say that. Like, so on, on Hulu, uh, I got turned on to this by Cookie, of course, because we have similar tastes in TV shows. Hit Monkey. Have, have any of you seen it? Hit Monkey? It's no. so ridiculous. It's yeah. so fucking ridiculous. If you like... So it's got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes and like an eight something on IMDb. Um, it's, it's a love it or hate it show. If you enjoy, not if, if you have ever watched anime or like anime, you'll appreciate the storylines. You'll appreciate the nods to, um, to that art. Um, but it's a lot like the, it's it's satirical like Archer, but, and also violent like Archer. Um, but it's a, a very like niche side storyline of a Marvel character um, that's a basically a monkey hitman, and that sounds absolutely ridiculous, and it is, and everything about this show is ridiculous. Um, but he has apparently storylines with Spider-Man and Deadpool in the comics and canon of Marvel. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen in this season, um, but uh, Jason Sudeikis is in it, um, Olivia Munn's in it, George Takei's in it. Um, it's it's funny at times it's it's very if you appreciate anime you'll like it if you appreciate um that kind of aspect of it otherwise you'll you'll feel yourself kind of it, it takes a little bit to getting accepting of too but i really enjoyed it i went uh cookie recommended it over the weekend yeah he was talking about it he oversold it a little bit because he was a little you know turned up at that party um but it uh was i, I enjoyed it i thought it was good um, what about, I'm almost done with, um, the season three of Narcos Mexico. Yep. I love that season. I okay. changed the hell out of that. Um, it is, I know Narcos is really divided in two between Narcos Colombia and Narcos Mexico, but, um, I think Narcos Mexico is better. I agree. Some, most people I disagree. Better. I think it's I better think, too. Um, I think the people that disagree focus too much on Pablo because they and, don't know and, enough and about what happened in Mexico. And I understand that. And the guy, and especially the guy that played Pablo Escobar, was just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but I, I really think, well, one, you need to watch the Colombian one first because there are, yeah, some things that you wouldn't understand unless you watch those seasons as well. But um, you know, I, I think it's a phenomenal show. It really is, and it's, in my opinion, I think it's my favorite show on Netflix. Yeah. Like season after season, I haven't found one I think has been this consistently good. Um, yeah. And even like the, I guess the protagonist with Walt being the, uh, the DEA agent, I think he's awesome too. Big, I like his character overall, but no. um, I, I don't want to give anything away with the show for those that haven't seen it. So um, I would say my, maybe a complaint about this season is it, it doesn't really lack some of the, like, there's not like a true, like bad guy. I think that's, I think I like that that's the point. Okay. Yeah. Because it's everybody's a bad guy. The DEA is the bad guy. The Mexican government's a bad guy. The drug lords are the bad guys. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody fucking sucks in that show. Everybody's evil. Everyone's evil. Like at the end, at the end of it, I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, Bob, how are we doing on time? Terrible. 
over two hours. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, we need to. We need to. We Fucking can. We terrible. can wrap it up now. <laughs> you can wrap it up. Last <laughs> note on Maryland basketball. Uh, Please, Mark Turgeon. You know, Tom, you sent us that uh, he, um, that Twitter account that, that yeah tweets out Turgeon quotes. Do you see the one from last night? Turgeon, there's, there's a lot. Quote: We're not making a lot of shots, but I feel better. Oh, that's good. That's that good. Me, that makes me feel better. Let's do. Let's feel good about not doing the thing you're supposed to do in the game of basketball. Meanwhile, Brenda Freeze is missing like three of her best players due to injury and sickness, and she's still pulling out wins. Just putting that out there. Please coach the men. <laughs> Please and thank you. And put her name on the court. <laughs> all um, right. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's get out of here. It's getting late. Um, yep. Everyone wants to go to bed. Adam, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate you, man. Um, your your contributions and uh, good insight on the football team and the Wizards. That was, a, that was a fun conversation. I just like listening to you guys talk about the Wizards. It makes me hyped. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me. Enjoy yeah, the game tomorrow. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Uh, you can give him a follow at Adam R. Gracia on Twitter. I believe that's right. Adam? Yep. Yep, cool. I'm going to give you a follow right now since I found you. Um, you can give Tom a follow at Tom <laughs> underscore Natali. Ian is at Ian Foster. Ian underscore Foster 21. Greg is at, at Biggest Rate. At Purple Camo um, yes. on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Uh, and PMIC Podcast across the board. Social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can find us. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or SoundCloud. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you can find the Put Me In Coach podcast. For all the boys, thanks so much for tuning in. I know it's been a long one, but we really appreciate you guys sticking through it. And I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll talk to you next week after maybe a four-game winning streak for the football team. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Go Ravens. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going home.